0: This week on A Dash of Grit, if the culture isn't right, nothing is right, especially for a family business. Lee Miller shares how he addressed company culture by first working on himself. Next.
1: This is A Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours. Here is Brian Leflock.
0: And let's get cooking. I am so excited about this show and this guest. Lee Miller is our guest and he is a second generation owner with his father of Paint Valley Equipment. That's a manufacturer distributor of heavy equipment aftermarket parts serving North American and global markets all from right here in beautiful Millersburg. Ohio, part of Holmes County. In fact, last year, PVE was Holmes County's Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year, and that is no small feat. The thing I'm most excited about and the thing that you uh, are going to learn is that Lee believes strongly in values and in people, and that's the way he leads, and and that's why you're going to love to get to know uh, Lee Miller. Lee, thank you so much for being my guest on A Dash of Grit.
1: I'm excited to be on Brian.
0: We're no, excited I'm, to have you here, Lee. I, 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 I we're going to get into the grit, which is the struggles and things that you've had to overcome to achieve this level of success that you have. But if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and, and share with me some of the great things, some of the successes that you're currently experiencing with Paint Valley Equipment.
1: You know, as usually when you start, you know, as when we started, I think back when we started and why we got started and why we're here today, um, you can never really imagine the path that it takes you down um today we're you know privileged to you know have about 60 people working for us with some lateral partner companies here and uh, we're we're focused on the manufacture heavy equipment parts so we supply an aftermarket chain or an aftermarket product uh, for heavy equipment um, and what we've done is decision ourselves from being a dealer of a consumer of these products to being a manufacturer and now a supplier to those other people that we used to do business with um, so what are we today? We manufacture e- replacement parts, we inventory those here, and then sell them as on an ASAP level uh, to ship all over the country from, you know, from uh, East Coast to the West Coast, uh, down into South America, and also up into Alaska and some into Australia. Um, but, you know, one of the things we really in, enjoy doing here is to be able to meet uh, a customer's needs on demand at whatever level they need, Matt.
0: And you are, I think I heard you say once, you're shipping uh, somewhere near or over 5,000 parts on, a, on an annual basis?
1: Right at 5,000. We, we inventory 5,000 part numbers. Um, and what's really unique in us, uh, for us, is a lot of companies might be in distribution, but very few of them are in manufacturing and then inventory and also distribution. Yeah. Uh, it creates some challenges and to get, to get all that situated so it works well and your planning works well so that you can meet, you know, so that when the customer calls you, you can respond immediately.
0: Let's go into that a little bit. Let's talk about grit and let's talk about um, some of the struggles that you had to overcome to build this company to where it's able to provide this kind of level of service and this kind of level of success. Can you take us back to a time when things maybe weren't so good and you had to, to overcome some things? I uh,
1: I would probably go back to when I first became a partner with my dad. You know, I worked for him for 10 years. Um, that involved selling. We'd buy and sell used equipment. Um, and then we were building this aftermarket supply chain and he came to me one day and he says, hey, how would you like to become a partner? And the first thing I became responsible for when I became a partner was the human resource side. And I immediately, you know, I didn't think that was that difficult until you got into it. And I was in over my head, mm-hmm. uh, just manage, you know, the, the day-to-day management of the sales side and staff. Um, and I remember there's, you know, many mornings before leaving the house, I'd have to I'd sit down on the stairs as I was leaving and go, Lord, I don't know what this day brings You can guide me through this.
0: Can you give me some examples of some of those specific issues that were causing that angst?
1: Well, turnover for one. You know, you'd have, you'd have talent there, you'd have good people there. And the next time, next thing you know, um, you know, you'd lose them. And to other jobs, uh, whether sometimes it was pay, but and many times it's not about that. Um, but then going out and trying to find the right people, um, it had a lot of challenges.
0: And, and how did that make you feel? Like you said, sometimes you sit there on that step. I mean, what was going through your mind? What'd you have to do?
1: Well, the one thing I had to do is totally give up myself hmm. for the good of the company and the good of the people here. Uh, I really had to put that aside. And you know, like I said, I just go, Lord, guide me on this day. I'll let your will be done and I'll follow you. And things, um, you know, started changing. One of the things I recognized at that time is our culture was struggling. Um, because of that we had some turnover and when I had to dig a little deeper and and realize that to change that that started with me um and then when you start studying leadership and leading people there is no one size fits all nobody has a book that says this is how everything's done um it's just you can't piece it together that way Um,
0: Tell me a little bit about turnover and what that means to your company. What kind of a problem was that called causing for the organization other than driving you crazy on a daily basis?
1: Well, I think the challenge is in our case, like especially in sales, you need a lot of product knowledge. So you need knowledge of the product. If you don't have knowledge of the product, you can't really help your customer because they're more knowledgeable than you and they eat you up and chew you out. Mm. Right? So... And if you had turnover, there was a lot of training and it can take six or eight months sometimes to get somebody up to speed in sales. It usually does. Um, and so on the front lines, and that was, that was challenging on the front lines. There was a lot of stress for the people living there, you know, on the front lines and working that. Um, and probably one of the, well, I know this. Um, I meet a key hire in that area, uh, that stepped in and led and it changed the culture of what we have here today. It was one of the really key components. I found somebody that I specifically went after one person that I knew could help change that. Um, so we hired. I hired. ended up hiring him, and, and it really helped. It was one part of the step forward.
0: What did that one person have that you knew he had, that you knew was
1: going to make the difference that you needed to make? The skills and leadership. I'd seen that, pe- that person lead men in other areas of life and I knew that that person drew people to them. So there's two things that person brought. One is he led other people, and the other thing that happened is he helped me. You know, he was uh, somebody I could confide in, somebody I could talk to, and he knew his mission. I told him what his mission was when he came. Um, and he's uh, changed the company from that moment forward.
0: And how did what he brought What were you able to pull from him and to actually, how were you, let's go back to you. How were you able to disseminate that to the company so that everyone felt that same culture?
1: One of the biggest things that he brought was kind of an unselfishness Mm -hmm. that I had to step back. and, And what it made me do is step back and see things from other people's view. You know, so I could step back and go, okay, why did this happen? Why does this person feel that way? And why do we get this response? And it helped me to understand that, you know, everybody arrives at that point for a different reason. And you really never, and one thing I was taught by him, and I I believe this, is you really never know what's going on in that person's life to create that problem that day. And by stepping back and trying to understand what other people are dealing with or struggling with, that helped, uh, at least helped me, you know, have some compassion on that person in that situation.
0: The thing that I love about this doing this podcast and talking with people like you is that grit, what I call the ability to overcome some challenge that seems almost, you know, uh, uh, unable to be overcome um, is that it means so many different things to different people. And for you, it meant finding people that could actually build yourself and, and build your company in a way that you saw, but didn't know how to do it. And so you passed that on and through others.
1: Yeah. And you know, one of the other challenges you have when you're a second generation person, and you're a second generation owner, and your father is your partner, and he's still there. Um, Failure is not, not, not just not an option. I mean, you realize that you know you're expected to succeed, and it puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, so you know, at that point forward, there was no quit in that. You had to succeed, and you know it went from having to to enjoying to. You know it, it's changed a lot.
0: And so that's the culture and you've been able to build this culture. And if anyone works with you at all, they can feel it through anybody that they talk to in your organization. Tell me a little bit about um, some of the uh, struggles that you overcame as part as far as building the business and being able to deliver products and and take care of customers needs. It hasn't always been as uh, successful, you know, as you are now shipping this many parts.
1: Yeah. So there were some operational challenges, you know, from an operation standpoint, uh, when you have a manufacturer on site and you have an inventory or the warehouse is there, and then you have the frontline people in the sales. And the challenge gets to be, well, what do you, what do you produce? How much of it? Um, who controls the decision-making? Does it produce? You know, does it, the, you know, where's all the information coming from to make good decisions? And it's really why we work so hard at getting the right culture in place. And why was that important? because you need the whole team and every department going the same direction. And it wasn't always like that because you had divided interests. You know, in production, bigger runs equal more product, more profits. You know, in in the warehouse, you know, if if you try to ship everything on demand the day it shows, you know, the order shows up, that creates some chaos. It's a lot of work. And then from the front line, that's the only way you succeed. I mean, if you want repeat customers, you had to deliver. We started having staff meet, or like managers of each department. We would meet um, on a monthly basis, and we just all got on the same page and went the same direction. In the end, what it ended up meaning is we had to listen a customer as to how we needed to build that, right, or at least our organization. So one of the things we implemented was a flexible production plan, uh, or the, the for the production side to have uh, flexible planning. You know, we have fifteen years or plus of data at the tips of our fingertips whenever we want it. Um, and we can go look, see what customers are buying, and we can plan all the purchasing. But what you can't account for is one person coming in and wiping out all your inventory on an item that, that you're not in production on. And if you don't get it back, you lose sales. Because when your customers are used to calling you and you have the product every time you know they need it, they expect you to have it. And so if you're out of, what we do now is if we come out of inventory, our production schedules are built in such a way that we can you know, move the production schedule to meet that immediate need.
0: The thing that you've been able to do to solve that production need is by listening to others and listening to your customers and, and how, how is your customer able to see your values at work in their day to day basis? What if you didn't use these values to accomplish things and just kind of went for the almighty dollar? What, uh, what kind of challenges would have you been able to overcome in place of that?
1: Well, I, I think one of the things that I've realized, um, I've come to learn is people do business with those they trust. For us to succeed, we need to deliver, we almost like had a creed or a mission and say, this is what we're going to do. And when you commit to that, you have to do it every time. You just have to. There's no, failure is not an option. You have to do it every time. And at that level, if they know that they get the, you know, for us and I tell our people this all the time, they want, you know, our customers want the part they want, when they want it, how they want it every time. There may be, you know, 120 orders that hit the shell, uh, you know, hit our system today. At the end of the day, they're all cleared out of here. There may be three or four that have a backordered item that will ship tomorrow or the next day because we can move product up. Uh, and that's how we gain trust with other people.
0: You no, know, and that leads me to one question that I don't always get to in these podcasts. A lot of times we talk about the past. If, if something were to happen today, a customer calls and says, Doggone it, Lee, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. That's a, it's a real hurdle that you have to overcome, and it happens to all of us every day. How, how do you respond? How do you overcome those very important challenges for the customer?
1: For one, you know, in that conversation, there's an apology. Look, I'm sorry that went that way, you know, and what do you want out of this? Uh, generally, we see what we what the customer needs, but the next step is sitting back and evaluating why that happened. You know, for us, we have to sit back and go, why did that happen? Why was that not delivered on time? And how do we do that moving forward? We actually we try to track all that. Yeah. You know, with like a ninety eight percent on time delivery time. Oh, good for you. Um, and you know that one of the other challenges that we have. Most of the product, you know, the resellers never see the product. Their e commerce stores. They sell the product online and we do the drop ship to their client. 70% of shipments are done this way. So it's really important to get the shipping part right. You trust it in
0: your values. You trust it in your, your ability to pass on the, the, the needs to others to help you build the company. And so I really appreciate you sharing that grit with us. I'm interested now. What's, what's next? What, what are the hurdles on the horizon that, that Paint Valley Equipment will be looking
1: to overcome? There's, there's always hurdles and there's hurdles in operations such as in What's the next product you develop? Because if you're not developing, you go away. Uh, you have to be really innovative that way. Uh, something else that there's also, you know, ongoing need for collaboration of sharing data, so it you know speeds up businesses, uh, especially in small business. We need to be able to share more data so have less redundancy. Uh, but for me, I think um, as I look forward, the biggest challenge for me looking forward is the turnover of a generation. Well, my father is still here, uh, he's nearing retirement. And then, in, you know, and then continued ownership and operations. And then I have to look at my own family who are now, you know, at, at the age where they're entering the workforce. And one of those is working here. And how, what does that look like moving forward? You know, does any of them have an interest in doing this? Do all of them have an interest in doing this and the c- problems that creates? You know, um, and I, I, talk, I've talked to them some about this, but in talking to other people, I'll tell you that, you know, if none of them want to, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that because they all need to choose their own path. But the transfer of the information and knowledge you build up from being in this for, you know, multiple decades, um, it's hard to transfer that to new people and new ideas.
0: I wish you well with that. I have no doubt that you'll succeed because I know you'll, you'll stick to those values and stick to that trusting in God's word and, and knowing that you're going to be doing the right thing for yourself and your family. So I really appreciate your sharing this uh, with us today. Hey, Lee, before I let you go and, 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 end the podcast, would you kind of share with those who might want to reach out to you or, or learn more about paint Valley equipment, how they might, uh, how they might reach out to you or how they might do so.
1: So we have a website, it's paintvalleyequipment.com. Um, there's actually another website is Acuform. Mm-hmm com as well. We build some uh, roll forming equipment at that location. Uh, but you can also follow us on Facebook by finding Paint Valley Equipment and follow us on Facebook. Uh, and there is also, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn under Paint Valley Equipment.
0: Very good. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of, of A Dash of Grit, Lee. It's been a pleasure to have you here and to talk with you. Um, a Dash of Grit is brought to you from all of us here at Spire. We are here to help local businesses and organizational leaders like you and and like Lee Miller here grow. Spire offers marketing services and websites and a team that functions as an extension of yours to help you and your team grow. We'd love to uh, work with you. You can learn more about Spire at www.spiread.com. I am Brian Leffelock. I'm on LinkedIn. Thank you to my good friend Lee Miller from Paint Valley Equipment for being a part of A Dash of Grit It's an acquired taste. Thank you for listening. We'll do it again.